You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressingcrest.org. Well, I want to welcome you today again to Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. This is a podcast of the Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church Christ in North Dallas. We are starting a series today on Thanksgiving, moving into the Thanksgiving time of the year. And I have asked uh, several of our elders here at Preston Crest to be part of this. You know, churches hear a lot from their ministers uh, every week. We don't hear from our elders as much. And here at Preston Crest, we have 13 wonderful elders who help shepherd and, and guide this flock of believers here. And so I wanted to introduce some of them through the way of a podcast. And today I've asked Charlie Johnson, who has been an elder at Preston Crest for many years, to come on and talk with us a little bit about how we can still be thankful for our great country of the United States. It's no secret to anyone that this is a very difficult time in our country. We have just finished a very difficult election, and as this podcast is being uh, done today, we are still in the middle of an election, depending on who you listen to. There's a lot of civil unrest, a lot of tension, a lot of fear, but it's also good to be reminded that this is still a great country. Uh, God has blessed America in so many ways. And I know Charlie is someone who uh, loves America dearly, has spent time serving America in the armed forces. And so I wanted his perception today on reasons and ways that we can still be uh, thankful for America. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But first, I want to introduce Charlie. Charlie, glad that you can be with us today. Thank you, Jacob. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, your background, and then we'll get into some questions. Well, I grew up as an only child in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, on part of my granddad's old home place. My father worked for uh, Amarada Hess and was also a part-time or full-time preacher in many mm. different locations. I graduated from Broken Arrow High School and then from Oklahoma State University with a Bachelor of Science in Physics and a minor in Math. After that, I started working with AT&T in Tulsa but I was interrupted by my military service. I served as a communications staff sergeant in 1st Special Forces Army Reserves for six years. And then after returning from my active duty at AT&T, uh, they moved me to Ardmore, Oklahoma, hmm. where I was very fortunate and met my lovely wife, Kathy, and immediately was moved to Hilton, Oklahoma as the AT&T wire chief in that town. Okay. During that time, I declined a position in medical school at OU and decided to stay with AT&T. 
and working there for 35 years in several different locations. And I retired as an assistant vice president in the information technology operations department, supervising about 1,600 employees across the U.S. Wow. Along the way, Kathy and I had three children, Amber, Megan, and Chad, and we are now blessed with seven grandchildren. And I've served as an elder here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ for, since uh, 1995. Wow. Okay, so quite a story, a lot of different experiences. Grew up in Oklahoma, went to college in Oklahoma, uh, served our country, and, and worked for AT&T. And for those listening today, uh, I'm working with Charlie a good bit on some things right now as we are building the new space for the Young Adults Ministry. Charlie does a great job overseeing all of our facilities here at Preston Crest and making sure we're up to date with technology and running smoothly. So uh, Charlie has a lot of talents and a lot of experience to bring to the table. He mentioned his uh, military career. Tell us a little bit more about that before we get going, where you served and what branch you were in and things of that nature. Okay. First, uh, I I served as an enlisted man. Okay. Starting at the bottom. Okay. As a private E-1. Oh, wow. Okay. And you can tell you're the private E-1 when you're cleaning out the, the grease trap at the missile. Okay. Okay? And it was very valuable to me uh, to see from the bottoms up what upsets people. Um, secondly, in Special Forces, an A-team or operation, operational detachment has 12 members. You have two weapon uh, sergeants, two communications sergeants, two medical sergeants, two engineering sergeants, and then a commander and an assistant commander. And you learn uh, that you absolutely depend on your team in their varying talents. Whether jumping out of a plane or helicopter using a parachute packed by a rigger, or the expertise of your team members in accomplishing a mission. Of course, I still always said a very short prayer before jumping out of the plane. <laughs> um, and learning to depend uh, and improve the performance uh, of a team has been very important to me in business and in community organizations, and certainly in the church with fellow elders, deacons, staff, and members. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an interesting uh, perception for sure. A lot of different experiences. So obviously learned the uh, value of hard work and, well, working your way up, for lack of a better term, but that's what it is, is starting at the bottom and and working yourself toward the top. So the first question that uh, I've given Charlie today as we talk about loving our country and being thankful for our country is kind of an open-ended question, but Charlie, have you ever seen uh, the United States be so divided as it is now in 2020? You know, Jacob, the only thing I can compare this to uh, is the tremendous division we had in the 60s and 70s focused on the war in Vietnam. Okay. Uh, It was also a a very divisive time in our country. Uh, In the current situation, uh, with all these divisions, I think people uh, hold very sincere positions on a variety of issues and express those ideas in our society, which is fine, uh, a great right in our country. Unfortunately, there's a tendency to classify people in groups and believe that everybody in that group believes and behaves the same way 
which is just not true. That's right. Uh, we need to take the time to talk with one another, listen to each other, and, and really get to know each other. I think that would help a lot. Very well said. Um, we talked about that in the Sunday morning Bible class I just finished finished teaching is we ha- uh, tend to have that us versus them mentality and we mm-hmm. just make blanket judgments about someone if they vote a certain way or participate with a certain group that they immediately buy into all of the ideas and opinions of that group in general. And, and that's an unfair assessment of people, uh, which just leads to, as you well said, more division in this country. So um, you compare it to that of the 60s and 70s, which I've read about in history books. I wasn't around <laughs> for. Um, but what do you think causes all of the division that we're seeing right now and what we saw 40, 50 years ago as well? Well, I think that just goes back to people uh, actually listening to one another. I think we uh, block out what people say based on our preconceptions instead of really, you know, getting to know. Uh, and it's people, it starts with your neighbors. It mm-hmm. starts with the people you work with in the community. It starts uh, with your work. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I knew people as people, not as, you know, uh, a particular uh, group. Right, and uh, I think that's the way we we all need to to uh, look at our our fellow men and women. Right, right. If we did a lot more listening and a lot less talking, the world would be a much better place. It's uh, a very good point. So obviously, you still love our country and support our country and want what's best for our country. It's not easy to watch what's happening in our country, particularly if you're someone uh, who has put their life on the line many times in many ways for our country in the armed forces. So. Charlie, how do you remain thankful for America, even with all of the mess that we have in America right now? Well, first, uh, I am always thankful for our founding fathers and their beliefs right from the beginning expressed in our Declaration of Independence. You know, equality, power of the people, uh, our inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And these items endowed by the Creator, mm-hmm. along with other references like nature's God, supreme judge, and divine providence, and then also the First Amendment and the Constitution, you know, it establishes freedom of religion. You know, I believe that God has blessed us by allowing us to live in one of the greatest countries in the world. And it's a country where any individual can use the talents and abilities that God has given them to be successful. Uh, we have a system uh, that allows us to peaceably talk about our differences and work things out. Um, this has been demonstrated many times in the past, and I'm confident with God's help and wisdom that we'll do so again. That's a great answer. And uh when we look at history, without a doubt, our founding fathers did want to begin a nation and build a nation based on godly principles. I mean, that is just undebatable. That is documented. And, um, you know, they can... were very neutral when they talked about that because they didn't want to have any problem with religious freedom in this country like they were having with right. England. Right. So they used some generic terms, but there was no question. You know, I, th- I thought it was great that, you know, our motto is in God we trust. And I thought it was 
uh, great that uh, started appearing on our currency in 1956. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think God's just richly blessed this country in so many ways, and, and I'm proud of Americans. Um, we are one of the most generous people in the world. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether there's an earthquake or several years ago when there was a tsunami in Southeast Asia, or whether it's a, a earthquake or tornado or hurricane in this country, um, we're very generous with our time and our money, um, people going to help out uh, regardless of what country or mm-hmm. what place, medical help, supplies, food. You know, I think there's a lot for us to be thankful for in this country, and we, for, we forget that right. many times. Absolutely. So. Uh, people listening to this, I wish you could see what's going on because we're in my office right now at Preston Crest and Charlie's come in with several pages of notes, which I respect so much. He's obviously put a lot of thought into this. So if the answer doesn't easily roll off your tongue, Charlie, it's okay because I'm going a little bit off script. But we talked about the division in America. You know, in our pledge, you mentioned our pledge about being one nation under God. We also say in the pledge that we're indivisible. Um, do you think that is more of a utopian ideal or do you think that's actually possible? Well, I think being united is possible. You know, we don't all have to agree on the same things mm-hmm. to be united. Uh, you know, I may, I may like peanut butter, you may only like jelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, we all have different opinions. We come from different places. And, and frankly, um, I think that's a strength. I think mm-hmm. that's a strength in a community group. I think it's a strength in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all parts of the body and we all have different talents. It's certainly a strength, I think, in eldership and our mm-hmm. deacons, our ministers and staff. Um, I think it's a, a great, our diversity is is a great strength in our country because we have a lot of people from a lot of different countries in this in this nation. And I think those different viewpoints and different opinions are very important. So, mm-hmm. yes, I think we can be united. You know, I, we need to obey the laws, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't need to uh, be violent mm-hmm. in our in our actions. Uh, but we need to listen to one another. And, and uh, I, you know, most of the time, uh, it's not what I know that hurts me. It's what I don't know. Uh, that's a very good line. It's not what I know that hurts me. It's what I don't know. Uh, you know, I've always struggled with that a little bit. Um, and I agree with everything you just said. And I look at it kind of from a biblical model. Scripture obviously points to the necessity for unity and not having division. But I think that statement is made within the understanding, as is the Pledge of Allegiance, that we want what's best for the church. We want what's best for America. But when there's a shift from no longer wanting what's best for the church or for America or for the larger ideal, uh, that changes unity a little bit. Because I think we do see in Scripture, at least, uh, you know, our most immediate context within the church, there were things that they did divide over that they said were worth, you know, as we say with that old statement, this is a hill worth dying on. That's why we have First Corinthians 5, when the man's asked to leave the church. It had, it had reached a point where they said, okay, we can't be together mm-hmm. anymore until mm-hmm. someone changes. Um, and hopefully that's not where we are in America, that the diversity that you're talking about is a strength when it's kept within uh, the ideal that everyone wants what's best for our country. If we're working with exactly that right. mindset, 
diversity is a strength. When we get away from what's best for America and what's best for a party or for a particular individual, it's no longer <laughs> indivisible. We're, we're dealing with a totally different animal. Yeah, that becomes a me, me, me. Exactly. Situation. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so um, you've talked about this a little bit, uh, talking about your past with uh, working your way up in the Army and I learned today you were actually part of Special Forces, which is even more impressive. But what are some of the key lessons for life that you learned from spending time in the Army? Well, I already mentioned uh, seeing things from the bottoms up and because I think that's very important. Sometimes we make decisions or decisions are made and people don't get all the input they need mm-hmm. before they make a decision. And people get left out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's true, particularly in groups. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can have a total tops-down view of things, and you're not listening to uh, someone's opinion or someone's viewpoint, and you actually make a worse decision by doing that on your own than by listening to the group and saying, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Let's do that a different way. So mm-hmm. I think. That was very important. And then, of course, the teamwork um, in, in any of the armed forces uh, right. is just tremendously important. You have to act as a team. And I think that applies to the United States. Right. You know, we have to come together to support our nation. Um, we have to come together to support our communities. And and uh, we've all got uh, different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And we've all got different talents and abilities. But if we'll just use those talents and abilities in the right way, mm-hmm. uh, uh, as you've already mentioned, um, it's not my way or the highway. I've always had so much respect for those who have served in our armed forces and the, um, you know, the vow that they take to protect America, to protect the president. And I can't imagine um, how difficult it would be at times to be willing to lay your life down on the line or protect a president that you don't agree with at all. Uh, but that's that's a vow that you take, and I'm sure there have been many who have given their lives for the country or a president when things were not what they wanted them to be in America. Uh, but that servant attitude, that servant heart, looking at the greater good, uh, does teach us a lot. You know uh, about life, Jacob. That's a great point. Um, it doesn't doesn't matter whose life it is. Mm-hmm. We need to protect life. That's right. Period. It doesn't matter what I think of you or your views, um, whether you're my president or someone else's president, you're really my president. Uh-huh. And that's where we come together. And, and uh, you know, we would expect the same thing. Uh, last year, I, I went through a tornado in our neighborhood. And as soon as the tornado passed, all the neighbors were out helping one another. They were climbing on tops of houses and patching holes. They were clearing limbs off houses. And the next morning, they were out working and uh, cutting down trees. And, and you really saw the community come together uh, because, you know, they're our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And we need to treat them as such. And, and all life is important, uh, regardless of what our views are of you know, how well along do you get along with your neighbor next door? Well, that's not really the issue. He's he's your neighbor, right? Or she's your neighbor, and and you want to uh, do the right things. 
Right. That's so well said. All, all life does matter. And I don't want to get too political on here, but born or unborn, life matters. And yes. thinking about yes. the greater good uh, in that same way of thinking is so important. You know, uh, I've lived a relatively short life, um, but I can clearly remember t- uh, 9-11. I would have been starting high school in 9-11. Uh, but the tremendous patriotism in our country of 9/11, how uh, people came together, and uh, I was actually I was at the gym this morning, was watching some documentary on ESPN. Uh, gentlemen's put together the 30 greatest moments in sports, and one of them was President George W. Bush throwing out the opening pitch at Yankee Stadium um, right after 9/11 had taken place, and talking about the fear that he had because they didn't know if there was terrorist in the stadium or someone would shoot him but he walked out by himself to the mound uh, through that pitch he was wearing a bulletproof vest that you can see <laughs> through the pictures he had the yankees jacket on over it so you couldn't see it as much but in that moment when that stadium was shouting usa 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 there was no uh, republican or democrat at that moment that was all about america and really you know we've had a chance in 2020 with the coronavirus to come together again as america to have tremendous patriotism, but we've missed that chance. And, uh, you know, this country has divided more, maybe within the last 12 to 18 months than it has in five decades. And what a shame that is, that we had such an opportunity um, and we missed it. You but, know, you know go Jacob, ahead. I, I think uh, one of the ways, uh, and, and I agree with what you've said, that, that uh, there are a lot of ways this has fostered some divisions, but uh, it really makes me feel good to see how people uh, have come uh, to support first responders, mm-hmm. nurses, doctors, uh, fire department, police. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a huge change from the Vietnam War with how we now support and respect our military. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a big change. Mm-hmm. And so while there's things we don't like about this, um, you know, I don't think there's anyone in this country that uh, doesn't respect those groups. And, and we just need to remember that, look at that, see that, and let's apply that to all the rest of the people. Absolutely. And have that kind of respect Absolutely. Uh, you know, for one another. Absolutely. Those are great thoughts, Charlie. Um, okay, so let's take a little shift here since we're both – um, strong believers and followers of Jesus. I put down in our uh, questions for those who are listening to get the exact wording on this question. How do we make sure that we are Christian Americans uh, rather than American Christians? How do we find that balance? Well, I think there's only one way. And I think we focus on obeying God's will, at least for now in this country, uh, which also ensures that we will be good citizens. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we we can we need to depend on God's word as our only authority, and try to be obedient. And staying in the scriptures uh, through study and memorization, uh, I think uh, that makes us a Christian who happens to be an American. Absolutely. Instead of having uh, other values over, override that, and I think that's the uh, that's the balance we need. We need to focus on being God's will, and ensure that ensures we'll be good citizens, at least today in our country, mm-hmm. uh, with our current laws. 
and we can just try to do our best to obey God's uh, greatest command. Right. Uh, you know, I always go back to Matthew 22, 37 through 39. You know, Jesus replied, Let the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbors yourself. Uh, obeying God's commandments and obeying our nation's laws, along with loving our neighbors as ourselves, makes us good citizens here and in heaven. Amen. So I, I think I think um, that's how we stay on the right path. Uh, most people today don't like to hear the word obey or obedient. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, we have to observe a higher authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obey, submit, revere, <laughs> sacrifice. Those are buzzwords that don't get a lot of... That runs of, into me, me, me. Positive publicity. Pretty much. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But your point is such a good point. Uh, you know, if we become better Christians, inevitably we will become better Americans. But that is mm-hmm. that is the uh, effect of a bigger cause. And... Uh, we need to focus on being the best followers of God we can. And if we're the best followers of God, followers of Jesus that we can be, we're going to be good citizens. Jesus speaks to that. Jesus is not against patriotism. Jesus is definitely not against obeying the law. Uh, he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And uh, as you as you pointed out, you know, this country was founded on more than anything else, uh, religious freedom. That's right. They wanted right. to follow God and obey God the way that they felt like Scripture taught. Um, you know, yeah, there were some underlying issues, taxation without representation and all uh, other kinds of things of that nature. But at the very core of the beginning of our country was the need for religious freedom, obeying God appropriately. Um, and if we're the best Christians we can be, we're going to be the best Americans uh, we can be. So how do you find a balance then in being a good citizen of America and then— also remaining focused on what Paul says in Philippians 3 about being citizens of heaven. Well, I, I think you uh, make decisions for yourself first. You don't let the media make decisions <laughs> for you, mm-hmm. regardless of what media yeah. you know, you're listening to. Yep. I think you need to uh, look at what people do, not just what people say. You know, uh, we don't have any perfect people living in the United States. We don't have any perfect politicians living in the United States. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we see all the way through Scripture how, how God used imperfect men in several different instances to, to do His will. That's right. And so I think we have to, to look at uh, people's results mm-hmm. in making our decision. They may have, uh, they may go out the wrong way. They may say the wrong things. They may make all kinds of mistakes. But what are they really trying to accomplish? And is that something that is good for the country? Is that good for us as, as uh, people who believe in God? Uh, and I think if we do that, um, then we'll be realistic in our expectations. Uh, I think it'll be realistic in how we balance um, different groups' opinions uh, against one another. Uh, you know, I, I want to see someone, I want to see how they walk the talk and not just talk. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus said, you know, 
you, you need to look at other things, look at things through, <clears throat> excuse me, another person's viewpoint. And I think that helps. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a couple more questions as we finish here. I think we've answered them in a few ways already, but what is your hope for America, Charlie, in maybe the next 50 years? Well, we all want to have a great country that survives the next 50 years and it'll be great for our children and grandchildren and, and one, a country that, you know, is looked up to and respected. Um, I continually pray that God will lift up leaders that will look to him for leadership and decisions and that Christians will make a real difference in both their lives, their communities and their congregations in this country. Uh, we don't need to be shy. We can be tactful mm -hmm. uh, and, and how we do things. But uh, I, I think our confidence, my hope in, in America for 50 years is my hopefully my same hope and confidence I have now that, um, that God will lead us in proper ways. He will help us have the right leaders in the right places. But he also expects us to do our part. That's right. That's right. And that's a great hope and great vision and desire for America. The truth is, and I, and I share that same vision and hope and desire, but um, as you well said, it's going to take some Christian people who are willing to uh, see that that takes place, serve in government, uh, serve in public office, regardless of uh, where that may be or what form it may be in. So the last question is, Charlie, I mean, you know that there have been many within the history of Churches of Christ and even still today who would have the opinion uh, that making America a godly nation is not our job. Um, it's a distraction. We only need to focus on the kingdom of God and kind of ignore everything going on around us in this world. My question for you is, should we even try to make America a godly nation? And if so, uh, how do we go about doing that? Well, I'm going to answer that absolutely. And uh, I'm going to go back to what Joshua was told in Joshua 1.9. And he said, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We each just need to obey God. But we need to reach out to our neighbors and friends. We need to bring others into his family. And we need to do that one person at a time. I think there's too many times we think we can't make a change. But everybody is affecting one person at a time. It does make a difference. You know, we need to take care of our part. And we can be confident that God will take care of his. Very well said. Do not be discouraged. Have courage. Do not be afraid. Great words from God to Joshua, who is going to lead a nation of people during a very a difficult time. Well, Charlie, thank you for your time today uh, being with us, and thank you for serving not only Pressing Crest, but serving uh, America the way that you have. I want to close today with the way that we close every day and every podcast by reminding you, first of all, to keep your eyes on heaven. And secondly, along this uh, road of life, there's going to be road work along the way. But here at Road Talk, we want to help you get ready by navigating your journey. 
Have a great week. Tune in next time as we continue this series on Thanksgiving by hearing from some of our shepherds here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ. God bless.